eight years in and all kinds of reasons why it hadn't quite worked but they could look back and they could see so many lives transformed so right, many okay. Christians built so up so it's not a failure it wasn't really, a failure and that's the all. problem talking about yeah. success and failure it's very it's binary just, exactly it? Hello and welcome to Independence, the FIEC podcast. My name is Adrian Reynolds. I'm head of National Ministries. I almost gave myself the wrong job title. Head of National Ministries for the FIEC. I'm confused. I've been on holiday. And I'm here with Dan Steele. Hello, Dan. Hello, Just Adrian. T- tell us who you are. Thank you. My name is Dan Steele. Um, I am a pastor in Oxford, Morgan Road Church, Oxford. I'm married to Zoe. We've got a number of children, that kind of thing. A number of children. I like that you get to the point where you can't actually define the number. It's, <laughs> there, there comes a certain level, doesn't it? And thanks for coming over uh, to FIEC Towers and uh, spending a bit of time with us. Uh, it's great joy to see you. Always Good. nice always nice to see you. And we're going to talk, be talking about church planting today mm-hmm. a little bit, and especially talking about church planting that doesn't work out. Yep. which is an interesting take. Yep. We, we normally kind of, you know, uh, sort of fly, want to fly the flag, don't we, for church planting and tell the great stories. And there are some great stories. Absolutely. Um, but actually not every church plant takes, not every church plant works. Yeah. And um, it's important to reflect on that, isn't it? And you've been doing some thinking on this. How come? <laughs> um, what do you get if you cross a market researcher, a church planter, and then a pastor who plants churches you get dan Steele, which is a slightly weird kind of background but there's something of that in it um i worked in market research for a number of years and i had a a strange moment a number of years ago um where a hypothetical question was raised what would you want to do a project on or write on and this thing just leapt into my head that said well i would speak to church plants that struggle try and find out why and then kind of reverse engineer in some way um, how we plant churches to to try and be more fruitful. Um, and, and the first thing to say about that is people that, what, church plants fail? <laughs> I've never heard such a thing. You know, we, we, we normally want to sort of say about all the great things that are happening. Yeah. I mean, just generally that's true in Christian life, isn't it? Absolutely, you know, absolutely. In church ministry, we want to tell the great stories, we want to encourage absolutely. people. But there is a place in the Christian life and Christian ministry, isn't it, for, for, for talking about things that don't work out? Yeah, absolutely. And that there's a there's a genuine... Um, realism that we need to have in terms of things that don't quite work out as we planned. Um, that's okay. The Lord is sovereign. Um, we are not. And uh, it's good to be trying things. It's good to be starting things off, but sometimes they don't quite go as we'd expect. As we've probably all experienced, you might have prepared for a sermon and preached it and it's bombed and not being quite as you expected, but that the things we can learn from that, we can grow from that, and we can we can move on. And right, that's, and that's true thing. personally as well, isn't it? I wake up every morning thinking I'm not going to sin again in that way <laughs> like I did yesterday. And, um, you know, yeah. with all the great intentions, with all the prayers, we do give in to temptation. Yeah, absolutely. So it, it's reflected both in personal life and corporate life. So that that's edge of realism actually is really important. really important. I mean, pastorally, that's important, isn't it? You know, if, if, if I'm pastoring people in the church and, and I'm being pastored by them, we've got to be honest about... Yeah things that don't go well as well as the ones that yeah. do and, and, and modeling our need of grace in itself sure yeah, it's not just that we are we're sort of on some level up there somewhere and everything's great but no just yeah yeah really now nice. i've been a pastor in three churches one of which was a plant Real. um 11 years ago and um, but i've never planted a church okay okay and part of the reason i've never planted a church is i think i'm probably quite risk averse I'm, I'm quite a safe. Yep. I'm quite a safe guy. I think <laughs> that's kind of my um, my normal pattern of life and behaviour. Um, you have been involved in plants. So just tell us about your connection and history with with church plants. Yeah, thank you. Um, I was, so I guess, initially part of City Evangelical Church in Birmingham, where okay. John Stevens was one yep. of the um, founding yep. pastors there, and I was just a sort of lackey, early twenty-something <laughs> punter. Um, okay. Pushed in at the deep end slightly, but got to see up close and personal the Lord doing extraordinary things through, uh, I think we were 17 initially and 
front room somewhere with a green carpet that I remember. And then it grew very quickly. The Lord was very kind. Um, and it, it then planted another church, Grace Church, that I was a part of. Um, and the sort of lead pastor, I guess, there, um, maybe five years later. So fresh out of seminary for me, planting Grace Church with a guy called Andy Weatherly. Um, yep. yep. Some of you will be aware of. Um, that was a dream team. We had a we had a great time doing that. Would he say it's a dream team? That's, I'll ask him another time. You, you're welcome to. We, we we often talk about getting the band back together, but um, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. So that was good, and then and then from there, um, moved to Oxford to be near my family, and we planted a couple of churches um, from Magdalen Road. Um, one actually has has recently um, uh, shut the doors, and and some have come back, and some have gone to other different churches. And then another is, I mean, Bista is thriving and doing extraordinary yeah. things. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about Bista because that's a great story. Just, just yeah, because that. um, that's not kind of local, really. It's, no. it's a little distance away. No, no, yeah, we had a number of people driving down to us from Bista to Oxford. So it was a 25, 30 minute drive. Um, and actually, there were folk in Bista as well who were going to another to other churches in Oxford. Um, St. Ebbs Headington, a um, number of families going there. Um, and a lot of these people were part of the Christians in Sport crowd. There's a central office um, in Bicester. And so they were um, working there, living there, and then driving to church in Oxford. Um, and Bicester has a number of churches, um, but for whatever reason, a number of folk weren't, weren't heading to church in Bicester. And then there's a huge amount of growth as well. So tens of thousands of houses and, and people moving in. Um, and so we just thought, well, why don't we bring one of their leaders on eldership with us for a while with a view to then planting into Bista. Um, and we can drive it, but we can maybe send sort of 15 or so. And yet as we drove it, then I guess our friends at Ebbs Headington, for example, said, well, we'll happily release our people to go as well. And, and it just started and it's thriving and growing. And I think they're already thinking where they will plant again within Bista as these new houses are built. Um, so yeah, that's very exciting. Now, that's great to hear. And we love hearing those sorts of stories and we tell those stories. We do. But, but another plant, yep. which has, has closed its doors. Yeah, yeah, and, and didn't go so well. Um, that was one of the reasons, I think, in the back of my mind, beginning to think about this project is, is hang on, what's the difference? What would we do differently again if we were to, to plant again? Um, and and it's interesting, as you the language you use of that as well, would we call that a failure? I don't know. There have been lives who have been transformed. There are new Christians. There are people who have grown massively in their faith. Um, and yet, for whatever reason, for a time, um, the Lord allowed it to go, and then and then things shrunk. Particularly, I think over um, COVID and pandemics and lockdown, that kind of stuff seems to have catalyzed um, where smaller churches have, have had issues. I think and catalyzed kind of uh, shrinkage or, or concerns. Um, and so they've they've come back. Yeah. Um, now you, you've um, done quite a lot of research. We'll come to that in a moment. Mm. And um, you've also recorded a podcast for Acts Twenty Nine yep. on this very issue. So we're not going to repeat that. We'll put the link in the in the notes. And people couldn't listen to that. One of, one of the things that interests me about this whole area, before we get into the failures, mm-hmm. is actually, as, as Christian leaders, I don't think we're great on reflection. No. Generally. No. So it's interesting, when things go well, yeah. we tend to say, praise the Lord, yeah. here's a great story. We tend not to be reflective about, well, why have things gone well? And even to accept, actually, in the midst of a good story, there are some things that haven't been so good and some things that have. We yeah. just kind of just plough on and get on, don't we? We've kind of got that mentality. We, uh, I wonder if some of it comes back to um, uh, Bebbington and, and what, what defines an evangelical. Yeah, and yeah. We, so for those who don't know, just tell us a little bit about uh, Bebbington's definition, his four bits. So four bits. One is uh, the importance of the cross. One is the importance of the Bible. One is the importance of, of um, uh, people becoming Christians, a sort of salvation. And then the other is kind of an activism. Yes, I'm glad, by the way, you didn't get stuck on number four and say, and what was the fourth one? Because I, I think... <laughs> 
I'm in holiday mode. I want you to remember <laughs> that. Um, but I think that activism defines us. And as yeah, a, yeah. a good activism, we want to sure. be sharing the gospel. Sure. We want to be planning churches. We want to be doing things. And yet that whole kind of, not just even reflection when it comes to when things have gone wrong, but just general reflection, slowing down, um, not filling our days to the brim, not filling our, our years to the brim, but actually having time to pause, to reflect, to pray, um, to, to consider um, what the future might hold. And yeah. I, 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 the, the analogy in my mind is the um, need for pastors to be both um, on the dance floor, so to speak, um, involved in church life, and yet also on the balcony. So the chance to sort of pull back and retreat and consider and think and pray. Um, I think we're, we're probably quite good at being on the dance floor, not so good at being on the balcony. Well, that's very interesting. I, and if you think about elders meetings, yeah. for example, I think of all the elders meetings I sit in and have sat in, they're always on the dance floor. You should see my elders. <laughs> well, yes, I'm, the lights are turned down low, so you can't see the moves. But there's very little yeah. actually time on the balcony. Ray Evans, one of my colleagues, has this thing about, you know, you've got to spend time away yeah. as, as elders reflecting on church exactly. life. And I think that's exactly right. Yeah. And um, actually, we're so busy firefighting the whole time or thinking yeah. about what's the next big thing that's coming yeah. along yeah. that we don't have that reflection time, yeah. do we? Absolutely. Yeah. So let's think about how you reflect on failure. Mm. You, you've done a little bit of that in terms of church plants. Tell mm -hmm. us just kind of some headlines of what your research was and, and what it showed. Thank you. Yeah. So it, uh, it was this idea dropped in somewhere in probably 2017, 2018. I, I tried to ignore it and avoid thinking about it, um, th hoping somebody else had done it. And then essentially... Of course they hadn't. They the hadn't, which is, yeah, yeah, exactly. So It takes um, a, a market researcher, pastor, planter. <laughs> to, um, anyway, so it went into field um, December 2019, which is if you kind of reverse your brain a bit, you think, ha, huh, we were about to go into lockdown, which meant there was a year of pastors um, uh, doing uh, more office work, more computer work, um, and less... Uh, out and aboutness, and so willing to talk to me, willing to, um, yeah, think about why. Right. why Discovering have, Zoom. Well, exactly, <laughs> this thing called Zoom that we all wish we invested in. Um, big picture, there were lots of reasons why church plants go wrong. Um, it was never really one reason, always a mix of reasons, always lots of different things, different interplay, and yet there are a number of threads I think you could pull out. Um, approximately half of them were within the church, um, within the planter and half of them sort of outside the church. Um, the, the biggest ones to do with uh, self-reflection of planters saying things like, uh, I didn't have all the gifts and skills that I thought I did or that I needed or that I wasn't honest enough early on with those things and so um, didn't have people around me to compliment me right. and to fill some of those gaps. That's interesting. So those things hadn't really been tested in the fire until the plant happened. Yeah, and yeah. then perhaps found wanting exactly. Uh, some of them had even been in ministry in other places or right, in, in other right. positions, and yet hadn't quite realised the sort of Swiss Army knife generalist <laughs> yeah, yeah. sort of idea of planting. I need to be able to um, do lots of the things early on because there aren't that many people, and and found that I couldn't do that or wasn't able to release others into that. And and is there something about the kind of people that plants attract in terms of leaders? Mm. So. Um, you know, I've just described myself as being the sort of the risk averse safety guy, yep. <laughs> which perhaps is why I haven't sort of been a, a church planter. I think I would you, fail you'd, the Acts twenty nine assessment. You'd be gold dust <laughs> on the on the first the first evening. Um, so, is there something about the kinds of people that are needed? You know, you need people with a, a dynamism and a, and a charisma yep. and and a certain 
um, thick-skinnedness yep. um, to, to be an effective church planter. You have to be a scavenger, really, at yes, something yeah, in terms yeah, exactly. of getting resources. Yep. And yet also, um, I mean, every every character type has besetting sins, right? I, I know what mine are. Yep. Um, but actually, with that come a, a collection of besetting sins that if yeah. they've not addressed can can be deadly. That's exactly. And so if you're often you're the kind of alpha, get the job done, yeah, Swiss Army guy, um, with that can come a, a pride or or a sort of a, a, such a hard-nosed um, desire to make things happen and to to raise the funds, to get the launch date, to get everything together that you aren't great with people, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one of the things actually we found that there's a decision that needs to happen or there's a transition that needs to happen maybe three, four, five years in where you move from a kind of planter mentality to a to a pastor mentality. You're a, you're a tiny little brand new church to actually more established church. Do you think they're the same gifts? No, well, no, that, that, that's one of Is the, that part of the challenge? I that think we, that's one of the big challenges. We kind of think pastors should be planters and planters should be pastors. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it may be that we need to release our planters to be the sort of perpetual planter. So you stay where you are for five years and you hand on to somebody else, you train up and you do that again and again and again. We don't have many of those kinds of people. Yeah. So often what you get is you get your um, planter who's frustrated having to sort of slow down and be a pastor um, five years in, or indeed you get your pastor at the beginning who's like, I'm not really a planter, but I'm just going to get this thing going. And, and so there's kind of frustration all the way, um, which is why I think increasingly think about core teams. and a, So it's interesting. So breadth of people. I, I guess we we can think of churches, both of us, and, mm. and perhaps been in some ourselves where it's been an individual who's driven it. Yep. Do you think then that a team model, yep. even if it's just two, yep. A bit, a bit like at Grace Church, it is a is a better and safer approach. Which is really interesting. Hindsight would say, yeah, Andy and I were hugely complementary, I think, in terms of our gifting and our character, yeah. Yeah. Um, personalities. Um, and actually probably you go re- rewind a bit further and go back to City Church with um, John Stevens, Neil Powell and Hugh Thompson. Yes, well, I know the three of them. They're all quite different. They're very different, yeah. <laughs> and again, I've, I never got to quite see those elders' meetings, but can imagine they'll be fun. Um, yeah, I, I think there is a sense in which we need to think through um, more of a team mentality, um, particularly at the beginning of a plant, where there are so many things that need to be done. If it all hangs off one person, um, they either end up getting exhausted and burnt out. Um, that's probably it. Actually, that's probably what, what yeah. does happen. Especially, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sort of th- three years in, there's, uh, I'm, I'm done. Unless they've been able to train up others who will then go and take stuff on, and um, that takes a lot of humility in the early days to be able to do that. Um, willingness to. To, to share the power, if you like, with the yeah. guys around. And, and let's talk about um, risk a little bit as well. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that strikes me about church plants, they're always, they're always risky, yep. aren't they? Yep. You're often sending off your best people. Yep. Um, they're resource hungry, not mm-hmm. in terms of just in terms of people, but in terms of, of yep. money, yep. Um, in terms of what a church loses, not only what it, what yeah, it yeah, sends yeah. out, yep. all kinds of different ways. Yep. Um, they're, they're very resource hungry. And so they're kind of, you know, uh, expanding your building, yep. you know, building a, a balcony or extension always seems a little less risky. Yep. Um, so, so how, how, how did you discover church's relationship with risk having mm. an impact on, on what's going on in the church planting world? Yeah, that's a, that's a big question. And again, you see where things struggle at times. It was where the parent church, so if you're thinking of a sort of strawberry runner type model where you've got a parent church that plants a little church out and then eventually they snip it and it becomes an independent church. Um, one of the areas it didn't work out very well was where there was a lack of uh, 
clarity and relationship or discussion with the parent church so that they had planted and that was kind of risky and yet they didn't want to let their best people go um the perhaps the senior pastor of the mother church didn't want to or wasn't able to give the kind of support that was needed and so it was kind of a yeah we'll let we'll let you go and we'll plant you and yet we're not going to quite give you the the help that you need it's that i don't know it's the parents and the teenager leaves home and you're happy to see them kind of go and they need something from you and you're i'm sorry you're on your own now um so there's a sort of sense in which they need to um, keep supporting and keep caring and keep yeah. loving them to, to to bring down, I guess, some of the um, the, the cost of it. Um, I think we, we, ought, we ought to be people who are willing to take risks. We want to be wise in the gifts that we have, the resources that we have. We want to steward them well for the Lord. Um, we want to be careful. And yet at the same time, um, we are not practical atheists. We want to be in the place where we can um, take risks and pray and trust him and be out of our comfort zone and out of our depth. Um yeah, that's, that's we, one of the... And we pray, don't we, for open doors and yep. for success, and that's, that's the right thing to do. And, but then it seems odd that when we that prayer is not answered, or if it's answered in the negative, let's yep. say, yeah. when God closes the door, that we somehow feel very demoralised and low about that. There's something odd that's going on there theologically. It's, yeah. al- it's almost a... It's almost like it all depends believe. on us. And, yeah, and, yes. and, and if, it hasn't, if it hasn't flown, then we've done something wrong. And, and, and there may be something in that, but, or it may simply be that we tried our best, we prayed hard... Um, we poured all we could into, and for whatever reason, um, the Lord closed the door here, and that's yeah. okay because yeah. we're not God; He is. Um, yeah. So um, it's kind of a little parallel story. We've just um, we kind of just have just downgraded our toddler group, yeah, because uh, the place where we met, uh, we couldn't meet for various complicated reasons. So we've we've had to basically halve it in number. Yeah, and um, I got really blue about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, my wife helps run it and um, she's much more um, uh, solid and steady than I am. <laughs> I'm a bit more emotional. So I, I got really kind of down in the mouth about it mm. and thinking, oh, you know, we were connecting with 60 carers. Now it's going to be, you know, 25. It's not the same. And and she said to me, just, just wait, just wait, you see. And actually we've had more evangelistic fruit from running a, a group with 25 because actually wow. we, we had the right number of staff for 25. We had not enough staff for 60. So we were just yeah. running around and not really being able to have any conversations. And I just think, just sort of reflecting on my own heart, there is a sense in which every backward step feels like I've let the law down. Yep. And I think that's what you're, you're coming back to. Is it's sort of that activism that somehow there's a kind of, um, there's a works righteousness in ministry that, yeah. that we don't really talk about, but it's, but it's really there. And it? it's, it's identity in what we do. Isn't sure. it? It's identity sure. in size, you know, we're at the yeah. conference. And they've got a bigger, bigger toddler church. group. Yeah, I, mean, exactly. I mean, it's just a toddler group. But, yeah. And in a sense, it's it's not quite, people aren't quite as invested in it as a plant. We're actually, yeah. sometimes you're asking people to move. Yeah. You're asking people to give up on friendships and connections, yeah. perhaps. So there's, a, there's a lot yeah. invested in it, isn't there? Mm. So yeah, it's exactly. a kind of a, a big deal there. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about this, this the kind of team idea, just to come back and revisit mm. that. Um because I'm, I'm I'm interested in that. I, I guess um, I, I guess I know I know church planters who work well on their own. Yeah. How do you, if you're a kind of you know, you're a go getter, how do you how do you go about building teams that are effective? If you are kind of a if you're the, a, a if you're sole the go- practitioner. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good question. I I think it needs to begin at least with a level of honesty, and that nobody is fully rounded. So if you're the go getter guy, you're probably possibly lacking in other skills yeah. so some kind of sort of honest realism about yeah. an evaluation about yeah. your own character yeah. And, yeah. and so you're thinking okay I, I can do these things and i love doing these things but i struggle with 
whatever it is. I struggle with admin. I struggle with the kind of pastoral skills for complex situations. Um, I need to be upfront and honest from the beginning to my core team to say, look, this is who I am and that's okay. Um, I need people around me who will compliment me. And, you know, we believe in complementarity in all kinds of ways. Um, so there's an, there's an early conversation that needs to happen an evaluation that needs to happen with, um, yeah, with that idea. Okay. You're not fully rounded. Who do you need around you? Um, and, and then from there, there's hopefully a level of honesty and humility from the start as well, which I think is sometimes lacking, but really important. Um, so yeah, thinking, okay, what are the things that need to be done? What can I do? And I'm perhaps I'm, I'm employed, perhaps I've got the most time in the week to do these things, but who do I need around me to compliment me? Indeed, who do I need to lead with me and to challenge me and to sure, yeah. um, give me uh, accountability, give me the support and encouragement? And I if you need. don't have those people actually physically with you, you need to find other ways to build those connections, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Do, do we send the right people off? I mean, I, you know, planting is a young man's game, right? Or a young woman's game. That's the way it sort of seems to come across to me. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of the way I feel about it now. I sort of feel like, you know, I've had, I've had my children, I've had my chance at church plant, but, but actually I, I perhaps couldn't read too much into this, but it's interesting that when Paul is training up Timothy, he leaves him, be, he leaves him behind before mm. he sends him ahead. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the first thing he does is he leaves him behind with an existing work and he goes and does a pioneer work. And, and you don't hear very much about that. Um, Dave Burke at night went off and, and planted as a senior guy, but, but very yeah. often it's the senior guy who stays with a mothership, yeah. sends out the young Turks. Yeah. If we, if we got that right, or is there something in that that actually there's a, there's a place for, for sending out the wiser, older, mature leaders? I'd love to say both and. And yeah. there's, an, there's an energy that's needed. And, and I'm, I mean, I'm 45. I can feel my capacity. You're a very young 45, if I might say. It's, it's the Botox. It's... Um, <laughs> it's um, my energy is, is going down a bit. I haven't got the energy I did 15 years ago when we planted Grace Church. And yet, if I had the, the wisdom of an Adrian Reynolds in, in, in that core team... I think we just need to edit that bit out. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Joel. Um, then, then that would be... So when I said you were, you'd be gold dust in a plant team, I think there is something in that. To have someone who can drive and yet a sort of slightly more rounded, experienced, hardened, um, who's not quite got the, the naivety, perhaps... But, yeah, but but yeah. but is there to pick up and there to support and yeah. encourage. And I, I suppose actually the the acceptance right from the beginning that this might not work. Yeah. Yeah. And talking honestly about that actually makes if that moment does come, yeah. that makes it easier for everyone to yeah. to kind of reintegrate yeah. Yeah. and for us to say, well, we you know, we tried, we tried it and, and the Lord didn't bless it and for, for whatever reason. The, the other thing is you would hope as well that an older team or an older team member would be less uh yeah invested in terms of their identity in the plant. Yeah, yeah. Whereas so it's a kind of maturing yeah. in Christian behavior. Often as kind of younger leaders, there's a, all I am, who I am is so tied up with this, you know, the numbers on a Sunday, the, we sort of give the impression that everything's thriving and going really well and we've got, we're hitting our targets and yet actually that can be, that can be a pride in there, that can be a sort of insecurity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a, a, a forgetting of who I am in Christ first and finding who I am in how well the, the yeah. plant is going. Well, um, your work's been a great help to us, Dan. We, we've just been putting together our prayer guide for the FIC centenary. FIC is 100 years old this year in November 1922. And actually, right from the start, has been a church planting movement when no one really knew what church planting was, yeah. um, which is, is, has been thrilling actually to look back over some of the history and see that. And, and actually over the last 10 years to see almost 70 plants, mm. um, not all of which have, have worked, but, but but 70 plants. And actually, when we put the um, little prayer guide together, we've got 10 groups of 10 to make up our 100 uh, yeah. church projects that we're praying for 
And there's a section on church planting. Mm. And, and there were quite a lot of people who were saying, we want a church plant here. Some of the mm. plans are quite developed. Some of them are more aspirational. We put a mix of them in. And, and I, I put in one that was a failure um, because having yeah. sort of read some of your stuff. And it was just very interesting reading a church saying, you know, we've, we've brought back the team. We're not giving up on the place where we want to plant. We know it's important. We know mm. there's a need, but we need to reflect. We just need to, to think about, about stuff. How can churches build that into their planning for planting from the start yeah. so there's a sense in which you know we're going for this plant as a leader in a church i'd want to make it all optimistic <laughs> it's gonna you know it's gonna work come on um so, so is there is there a place for saying it might not work and this is what and, and to think about what steps we we might need to take to, to think about what the measures might be that would yeah. help us evaluate it yeah that's helpful. do we need to do more of that at the outset we really do i mean I, i'd hope the project that i've been involved in would give some of that sort of to be forewarned is to be forearmed. And so even yep, just to yep. say, look, here are 80 examples of plants that didn't quite go as well. Even that just... And that's how many you table. saw in your uh, yeah, project, yeah, right? Yeah, okay. yeah, so yeah. All, all around the world. Um, but then, and then there's a sort of balance, I think, of, of not wanting to... Historically, we've had a bit of a, if it's not flying by three years, it's a failure. We're going to pull it back. And yet that won't work in certain communities, particularly... Well, increasingly, it's a very short-term vision for anywhere, I think, three years. So wanting to have a a long lead-in to sort of stretch that if we can and to not help our investors and our funders and and those who are, I'm actually planting to be realistic. And yet then at the same time to say, do you know what? But if by whatever our our five years, seven years, if it's not looking like it's thriving, that's okay. Um, We've given it a go. We've trusted the Lord. Um, We've we've seen him at work. and, And there are all kinds of reasons why it might not thrive. Um, things that we didn't know would happen. I mean, maybe pandemics. There may be another church planting in next door. Um, there may be all kinds of things, and that's okay. And um, we are just with the information that we have at the time and the resources we have, um, prayerfully trusting Him and seeking to to, uh, to plant a church to further the kingdom. And if that doesn't happen, that's okay. Um, our identity is not tied up in being a church planting church that does these things and it's thriving. And um, but actually, we can yeah happily come back. Um, maybe that's numbers. Maybe that's financial. Maybe that's just actually the health of the the church. Maybe that's the health of the planter pastor, um, but being willing, it's quite a brave decision, isn't it, to say, do you know what, we're, we're going to, to draw stumps. We've given it a go. Um, we're going to trust him anyway, and we're going to come back. Um, well, one of the interesting things I found in the, the project was that um, some of the reflections by those whose churches had stopped were just really uh, inspiring. You know, they, they lasted for eight years, as I think, I think of one in... Um, one in Sydney. I know we're Sydney, Australia. That's not Sydney, UK. Um, but is there a Sydney in the UK? I, I, I'm sure there is. <laughs> It'll be in the show notes. We'll find if so, it. I want to move there. Yeah, um, okay. But eight years in, and all kinds of reasons why it hadn't quite worked, but they could look back and they could see so many lives transformed, so right, many okay. Christians built so up. So it's not a failure. It wasn't really, a failure. And that's at all. the problem. Talking about yeah. success and failure, it's very binary. It's just, isn't exactly, it? exactly. Um, and just Alan, as we wrap up, I just want to ask you about just the church planting scene in the UK more generally, mm. something you're involved in and, mm-hmm. and kind of observe. Um, I mean, anecdotally, my, my observation is um, uh, five years ago, more churches were talking about doing church plants yep. than now. Yep. seems to be less on the radar. There's a little bit of retreating. I think some of that's because of some of the things that have happened in the church planting world. Yep. Some of the leadership crises we've mm-hmm. seen, people still a bit nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, and perhaps people after COVID as well, a little caution. less ambitious. Caution. Um, you know, actually just trying to regather church is a, yeah. it's, it feels a bit of a battle. So to be yeah. thinking about planting, it's just too much of a step. So just just give us some general observations about the church planting world. 
um, and just the kind of the ongoing need in the UK. Thank you. I, yeah, it's still there are still vast swathes of the country where um, there aren't gospel churches or there aren't enough gospel churches. Yeah. So yeah. in terms of the need, I think um, it's still there significantly. I think you're right. COVID has slowed things down significantly. And I think the sort of um, church planting world issues, uh, Mars Hill, good podcast to listen to perhaps, and exemplify some of that. Um, but I think as far as I see it, p- numbers are on the up. So I'm a little bit involved with the Act 29 GB network. Um, and one of the excitements uh, is that I see people being assessed and plant, plants happening again. Um, there's a restructuring of the team as well. And so I think that's really positive. Yeah. Um, I, I've been seconded actually to to do a day a week or a little bit over a day a week to look after planters already in the field. Okay. Um, so one of the things it's always been good at, I think, as a network is assessment and getting people in. It's not been great at the kind of longer term care and support. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I would, if if you're a, uh, if you're a pastor or involved in a church and and this sort of planting idea is coming onto your radar again, then have a conversation with someone and and and, and prayerfully seek to uh, think through whether that might be something you could be doing now. I, I, I do think numbers are growing again. That there's a you're right. It's hard to regather, and I mean, yeah. at our church we're sort of 95 percent perhaps regathered, but but it's becoming a point where perhaps off the back of COVID, people are asking the bigger questions again. Um, That's good to hear. You know, we, we we thought we had life all sorted and suddenly we realise we're a little bit smaller than we thought we were. And I think it's also true, isn't it, that our the nation's social fabric is changing very rapidly. Yeah. Um, so you talk about unreached places. I think I think that's right. I think there are places that were reached that are yes. becoming unreached. And especially, I think, with the collapse of mainline denominations, yeah. we're seeing that. So there are actually revitalisation opportunities yes. as well, which, which is often very similar to church planting, but a yep. slightly different yeah. set of challenges. Yeah. And then I think the other kind of big dynamic that I see is huge new housing estates. Um, so yeah. we've got one just up the road in Leicester. They're basically building a new city on the edge of Leicester. It's going to be 125,000 people, I think. Yeah, and you just think it's going to be the biggest housing development in Europe or something. And you think actually, we need to be thinking yeah, now, we don't do. we, about these places? And actually, yeah. one of the extraordinary things about the FIEC is, is um, for a long time it was a suburban church planting movement. Interesting. Yeah, and there are lots of churches in the FIEC that were planted into housing estates that were developed in the sixties and seventies because people had a vision for yeah. that. And we need to regain a vision for all kinds of unreached places, don't we? Yeah, one of the things we're thinking through in the Oxford region where I'm from is there's a particular large urban area that doesn't really have enough gospel churches, let's say. And so we're thinking, well, we couldn't plant there and they couldn't plant, but what about if we all get together? Yeah. So to have a bit, and we've got our you know, friends at um, New Frontiers, for example, have a much bigger kind of strategy where they're thinking this city here, one church can't plant there, but a number of churches could collaborate and do that. So there's a um, conversation beginning. Um, I won't say too much just in case... Um, things don't don't come through, but but there's just a, a slightly bigger picture. Sort of the the drone goes up a bit higher, and we're thinking, okay, yeah, yeah. let's look at this kind of patch and think about where we might be able to to do something together. Um, yeah, great. For God's glory, well, Dan. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, we'll put on the notes a, a link to the website where you've been collecting some of the data together, yeah. and uh, look forward to hearing a bit more about it. You can say you can watch the podcast. You feel a bit find out a bit more about the actual research that you did um, with Acts 29. That's really interesting. Encourage people to listen to that. Thanks for joining us. This has been Independence FIC Podcast. You can subscribe through all the normal channels and do like us if you like us. Uh, my name is Adrian Reynolds. Uh, thank you for joining us. Thanks, Dan, for being with us today. You're welcome indeed.